It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Man, it's Halloween, boys and girls. It's Halloween month. I got my Halloween shirt on. I was excited. I was like getting dressed for the show, which seems really weird because yeah, I now have to like get <laughs> dressed. I think most human beings are already dressed by 730. But I'm like, nope. Not me. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was like, oh, what am I going to wear? What dumb shirt am I going to wear? And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I have my Halloween shirts now. I can wear my Halloween shirts and not be like a goth. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know, man. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. Taryn is going to take us through the history of the Golden Horseshoe. Here at the Golden Horseshoe. Yeah, there's a... Yeah, I am. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a good history. There's, a, there's No one ever goes in the Golden Horseshoe, but you should, and hopefully you will after this. Yeah, we're going to get a whole bunch of emails. I always do that. How dare you classify me well, as somebody who doesn't, but I know what you mean, because... Uh, I asked Nobody does. I asked the Discord channel, and a lot of people were like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I walk by it, and it's fun. Basically, yeah. It's funny because, like, I felt like the worst Disneyland fan, podcaster, right? Whatever I am. Um, Because the other day, Taryn's aunt and uncle go, hey, we're going to Disneyland with a bunch of friends and their families and stuff. We haven't been in, like, 25 years. What do we do? And I genuinely was like, I don't know. <laughs> it's so different, especially like, you know, with with COVID, because you don't have the fast passes. Normally be like, okay, not a problem. You're going to plan your day kind of around getting fast passes. You're only in Disneyland. There's only a couple things you can do, but that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Some rides have the, the reservation system. Some don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to navigate the park at all anymore. And I felt yeah, like a charlatan. You know what I mean? It is different. It um, is. It's different. Yeah, it was. It was difficult. Um, but we did it. I mean, don't we get did me wrong. it. And I could do it again. But yeah, the, I mean, the key used to be the fast passes. But right. That's. I don't even know how that works anymore. If it's well, on the app or like, I don't know. I will be able to let you know. I'm going to Disneyland in November. Oh, that's right. For my birthday, you're going. That's nice. Tickets are bought Thank and you. paid for. Thank you, Concierge, once again. Nice. <laughs> for making, I was like, I don't want to make reservations, so I just emailed the same person who did my Disney World trip. That's nice, awesome. dude. Hell yeah. Concierge.com, everybody. You live like Bev. Live, yeah. live, yeah. live your... Spend, spend, run up that credit card. <laughs> Here's a new catchphrase. Live your Bev life. Oh my God. <laughs> Live your Bev life. That's a shirt. That's, That's what I'm good. saying. Concierge.com. Live your Bev the life. Shirt. And it's Live you with a, life. with like a truly and flip flops. <laughs> Holding a credit card billing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, I'm going to pay for the lightning pass for at least one of the days just so I can understand it. Mm. Cool. Smart. Yeah. And awesome. it's tax write off. Cause I'm going to talk about it on the show. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then when you when you do it the first, you have to dab in the in the middle of the park. All right. So that's does my arm go up. Or? Clean lines. Yep. Forty five degrees. And, and then, then the down? other one comes in 90 and then down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nailed it. Mr. P said a video of him dabbing on Kylo Ren, dude. Dang. Um, in his true shirt. And it was great. Mr. P, can we put that on Instagram, please? I really want to do that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, we have a good show for you. So definitely go do what Bev does. Go to contiers.com. Have them do everything for you. This is sort of like the life that we want to live is have other people do stuff for us. So uh, check them out. Contiers.com, Disney World, Disneyland, all the stuff. 
and it's free. You pay nothing extra. So definitely go check them all out. You can find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. Not only us, but Supreme Resort is on uh, Instagram. Uh, Bantha Milk is on Instagram. I know um, uh, Rob over there is doing a lot more posting on Instagram now. He's like doing like Star Wars facts and stuff like that. So if you haven't followed Bantha Milk over there on uh, Insta, you know, check them out. Is scraping the vault on Instagram? I don't really know. They sort of do their own their own uh, social media, so I have no idea. But anyway, check them out. All our shows have some sort of social media po- um, presence, so you know, check all that. Feedback for the show goes to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Show suggestions goes to Terrence, probably, at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi. Hi. To Bev. And anything else, me, Jason, earsup-podcast.com. Um. Taryn mentioned the Discord channel the other day, or the other day, wow, a couple minutes ago. Email me if you guys want to jump in. It's still sort of like a beta, I guess. I don't know. Um, I like Discord. I think it's fun. We're having nice conversations over there. It is sort of just like a chat room slash forum thing, but not really. So if you want to come and like meet other Disneyland fans and just hang out with us, uh, send me an email or uh, I guess that's really it. Send me an email. and Or actually, if you're a Patreon supporter, there's a there's an a, a evergreen link in Patreon somewhere. So just search discord, but just send me an email. I'll fire the discord uh, link and uh, one day I'll put it public and you can just search for it and jump in. But uh, discord's fun and it's a good time. Taryn, do we have feedback tonight? We do. Oh, I know. Heck, heck and fire. Yes. Uh, this is from, I don't know if I should give her name or her chat name, chat name, chat name. This is from not so evil queen 13 from the chat. All right. Um, she, says, I just saw the opening night of Harmonious at Epcot, and I'm looking forward to Jeremy's rant about how terrible it is. Period. <laughs> oh, there's a blog. There's a blog. There's a there's blog. There's a rant. So I, I was thinking about <laughs> reading that for the news segment. Um, because it's it's, it's... it's it's quality writing, I have to admit. <laughs> I haven't read it. But I saw it, and I was like, oh boy, here he goes. Oh, man. <laughs> There's one I mean, particular paragraph that's my favorite. Look, we're just going to do it right now. Okay. It's not that long. The title is Harmonious Fails at Epcot. Five days after its initial debut, I have finally seen Epcot's new nighttime spectacular, Harmonious. I refused to watch the live stream, preferring to experience in cold and in person. I wanted no preconceived ideas of what it contained, apart from the inescapable descriptions Disney has served up over the past two years. Over the last several months, as the large barges crammed their way into the once beautiful World Showcase Lagoon, a place I have loved since I was a child, I began to worry. Tonight, seeing Harmonious in person, I realized my worries were warranted. (laughs) Harmonious just doesn't miss the mark. It falls flat on its face. Disney had a golden opportunity to use their vast and diverse library of music to take us on an international musical journey around World Showcase and the world itself. Instead, we got a worse version of World of Color. Rather than feature varied and diverse musical instruments from around the world to weave a tapestry of music that transports you to distant ports of call, Harmonious features a sloppily orchestrated conglomeration of Disney music that only occasionally nods to the diversity of nations sitting along the banks of World Showcase. Allegedly, this show contains three acts, Gather, Celebrate, Unite. The problem is, it's very difficult to differentiate between these three acts. The show just starts, 
and it's a 20-minute clumsy mashup of somewhat remixed and unrelated Disney songs from various Disney movies. There is no story, no underlying theme that Disney uses these songs to highlight. It's conceivable that you could toss these songs up into the air, let them fall, and play them in whatever order they land, and you'd have the same basic show. Technologically, there's not much new here. It's all just bigger. Big screens, big fountains, and big barges too big to move out of sight during the daylight hours. <laughs> okay, these weird arms move, but they don't do much to enhance any story. During the show, the swinging arms conjure images of a flailing, wounded giant squid. These large, taco-like barges are just over-engineered piles of metal that block views during the day and distract during the show. And what about setting? Harmonious performs completely unaware of its own surroundings. While over at Magic Kingdom, quote, Enchantment clumsily attempts to integrate the buildings of Main Street into the show, Harmonious seems to deliberately shun its own surroundings of World Showcase. Epcot, unlike any other venue, offers the unique ability for a show to take place in 360 degrees, surrounded by the beautifully crafted World Showcase countries. These 11 pavilions have historically had a prominent role in the shows before Harmonious barged its way into Epcot. It was almost as if the countries themselves were performing a show for us. United together by the festive elements of water, fire, and light, they embraced us and told us a story. Now they've been shoved to the background, barely twinkling. They take a back seat to the same boisterous Disney tunes playing in every other park and most of the other park spectaculars. And there's like four more paragraphs, so I'm going <laughs> to let you finish the rest. But that's Jeremy's take. So go to spectrorated.us, uh, click on the blog. And uh, let your your eyeballs be wrapped in the uh, wonderful writing styles of Jeremy. Yeah, that's not surprising at all. <laughs> no. Uh, was that it? Yes. All right. If you want to support the show, you can do that in a bunch of ways. Number one, subscribe to all our shows and listen to them all over and over and over again from different IP addresses. That would be great. Uh, but number two, <laughs> you can head over to Etsy.com slash shop slash Coveyers, buy some shirts and some Coveyers and some masks and, you know, all that kind of fun stuff. Number three, patreon.com slash ears up. Become a Patreon supporter. $2 a month minimum, uh, you know, and you kind of just, you know, hang out. Five bucks, you get the secret show and, and uh, you know, just go over there. You'll, you'll learn all about it. I don't know. We got a whole bunch of fun stuff. So we're, uh, we're nice people. The 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release Tropical IPA is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with Azaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. You know the problem with uh, listening to me listening to that over and over again is because I, I like mixed it and did it and helped Eric record it and like it's just an opportunity for me every single time to go what could I have done better? Oh jeez. Yeah, it's a little bit of a nightmare for you me. Let that go. To be honest with you, I mean I like it. I liked it at first, and now I'm like, oh man, I really should have done this, tweaked that a little bit, but whatever. It's all right. Um, this is a message from Jimmy. Speaking of the Supreme Resort, he says the latest episode of the Supreme Resort is very special. On this episode, we welcomed Michelle London, who uh, starred in Wicked on Broadway, who performed the role of Elsa on the very last performance of this too short-lived stage show, Frozen, the musical at Disney California Adventure. 
And apparently they also have uh, Vanessa Ray, who's in Pretty Little Liars and Blue Bloods. She originated the role of Nemo in Finding Nemo, the musical at Disney's Animal Kingdom. The two shared some fascinating details of what it was like to perform in these shows, performing for a theme park audience, the audition process, their Disney fandom, various lifelong injuries received while performing in these shows, and much, much more. So check that out. That's the brand new episode of the Supreme Resort. They're getting some good guests. They're, Jimmy's over there working, working hard. That's cool. To book some good guests. Can he book guests for us? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Uh, he's, he's uh, you know, he's concierging. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So if you guys want to be concierged by a, uh, a, a celebrity and, uh, you know, contact concierge and ask to be uh, concierged by Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Uh, all right, Taryn, you want to take us through the Golden Horseshoe, dude? Sure. All right, let's do it. All right. This is the history of the Golden Horseshoe. We all know by now that Disneyland is an ongoing project and Walt's intention was that it was never quite finished and it would always be changing. This is easily seen in many parts of the park, but there's one particular original park attraction that has been, at least on the surface, largely unchanged since 1955, the Golden Horseshoe. Having been fascinated by the Old West since he was a boy, it was always important to Walt to not only include a Western-themed area in the park, but to really emphasize the Western frontier, which is why Frontierland exists, and even from the very first discussions, a a Wild West saloon was always front and center. The interior of the Golden Horseshoe was designed by Harper Goff. Goff was so intertwined in the design and creation of Disneyland that he's often referred to as the second Imagineer. Being a close friend, colleague, and train connoisseur, Walt trusted Goff with his vision, and Goff not only created the first concept drawings for Disneyland, but was integral in much of the park's final creations by finalizing designs for things like Main Street and the Jungle Cruise, among many others. He then went on to play banjo in the Disneyland jazz band The Firehouse 5 Plus 2, so to say that Walt trusted Harper is an understatement. Now, before designing Disneyland, Harper Goff was the set designer for the movie Calamity Jane, starring Doris Day. So, rather than it reinventing the wheel, Goff simply pulled out blueprints for the set from the movie, and the Golden Horseshoe was born. The resemblance between the movie set and the attraction is undeniable, with the stage, the orchestra pit, the mile-long bar. Honestly, the biggest difference is that it's only five-eighths the scale of the Calamity Jane set. The decor inside was also very similar with the gold-accented wallpaper, ornate light fixtures, and the detailed wood-carved accents. This was to create a sense of luxury entertainment within the Wild West. The exterior of the building has the same Western style as the rest of Frontierland, and even though it is centrally located in the land, it's somehow still a bit inconspicuous and often gets overlooked. Over the years, they've worked on drawing people in by incorporating banners and in more recent years, opulent signage, but it's still not exactly the most popular attraction. Now, in preparation for the opening of Disneyland, Walt hired comedian Wally Bogue and Don Novice to co-write a Wild West saloon show. Bogue, who was connected to Walt through Don, recounted his audition. Walt was sitting on his chair and he said, Donald says you're pretty funny. Let's see what you've got. So I had this bag with a ventriloquist doll and I did a balloon routine and the bagpipes, a routine I picked up in Edinburgh in 1947. I finished with my dancing, and in those days, at the age of 34, I could do a flip-flop and a backflip and end with a bow. That's how I got the job. 
you imagine? Can you imagine at 34 being able to do a backflip? No. Also, I want to apologize for our Scottish listeners. It's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Yeah. I just want to apologize. I don't even know where that is. Yeah. Scotland. It's yeah. the capital Scotland. of Scotland, I think. Well, we learned yeah. this evening. I don't know geography. We did. You know what? We lived. We laughed. We're almost going to love. Okay. Yeah. We're almost there. Good. Yeah. So while the Golden Horseshoe was an opening day attraction, it actually ran prior to opening day. On July 16th. 1955, the day before Disneyland's grand opening, Walt and Lillian celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary with friends and family at a pre-opening gathering at Disneyland to show off the new park. After taking a maiden voyage on the Mark Twain Riverboat, Walt, Lillian, their kids, and other guests went to what was then called Slew Foot Sue's Golden Horseshoe for dinner and the review. Is it review? Okay. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure I'm saying that right. Cut this out. No, I'm going to leave it in. <laughs> Don't. <Yeah. laughs> we're going to we're going to send it to our editor in Edinburgh. Shut up. Gonna, the review ah. At one point during the show, Pecos Bill, played by Wally Bogue, was firing blanks up into one of the balcony boxes where Walt suddenly appeared. Walt fired back using his forefinger and thumb and got so into the show that he actually climbed over the balcony and down to the stage giving the audience a fright. But once he got to the stage, he just stood there smiling. <laughs> It's like, I'm going to rip your face off, Wally. (laughs) I think it was more out of excitement or something. He really was just a big giant child with a gigantic checkbook. Totally. He's a a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, From 1955 all the way until 1986, the Golden Horseshoe ran the same show and called it the Golden Horseshoe Review. This show is the first and longest running show performed at the Golden Horseshoe. And in fact, it's 39,000 show run holds the Guinness World Record for the longest running musical. The show was a representation of the Western frontier with comedy, dancing girls, singing, and a beautiful leading lady. The original cast included Wally Bogue as a traveling salesman, Don Novice as a straight man, and Judy Marsh played the owner of the saloon, Slewfoot Sue. Before the actual show begins, there are a variety of slideshow-type advertisements shown on the backdrop. As the lights dim, the orchestra begins playing the opening number, which features Slewfoot Sue and her four dancing hall girls singing a welcome song. Sue then sings a song where she ventures into the audience to flirt with the male patrons and sing songs like, A lady has to mind her P's and Q's, which reveals that she won the Golden Horseshoe in a card game. Number one, please. You can look but mustn't touch It's only common sense A case of self-defense I walked into this place one day So friendless and alone I played one hand of cards For almost everything I owned The boss man drew a nine And now this golden horseshoe's mine a lady has to mind her P's and Q's. A lady has to mind her P's, her A, B, C, D, E, F, G's. A lady has to mind her P's and Q's. Very good. Check out the pipes on her. You know, uh, P's and Q's uh, references? Mind your P's and Q's, your pints and your quarts. It's like a drinking term for like really? when there was, yeah, when there was like, I think, I think, it, I mean, I know that's what it is, but I feel like 
I remember reading that when there's like a bar fight or something going on in the bar, you just pay attention to your pint. Don't oh, worry about it. That's so weird. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> Did not know that. Yeah. I could have that wrong, but I know it's pints and quarts and I know it's a bar term. Okay. And that's all I'm going to tell. I'm just going to, I'm going to say that and I'm going to stop saying it. Good. Thanks. Okay. Next, Sue in- introduces the singer and MC of the show, an Irish tenor. After his opening song, they are joined by the show's comedian, the traveling salesman, who enters the saloon through the back doors and as he makes his way to the stage through the audience. Uh, number two, please. Ladies and gentlemen, I have here a few things I'd like to sell here now, if you don't mind there now. Just ladies and who gentlemen. do you think you are coming See, in I have like a very this. sick peacock just fell in here. Not much in the way of feathers, but a little color right there. That's all I can say. Roll the drums here now. Thank you very much, but uh, who are you? I'm Bill Bailey. I've come home. No, I'm Wally Bogue, that loud, long, lean, loquacious, sometimes laconic lunatic who loves to deal, delve, and dabble in delirious dialogue and dynamic dissertations, or in other words, I'm a traveling salesman. Oh, you had things to sell there. Well, why don't you show all those charming people out there exactly what you have to sell in that carpet bag? And I wish you luck. Okay, foot foot, I'll do the best I can. You're staring at me. Well, all together now, I... Wally Bogue. Mm-hmm. That line where he goes, uh, yeah, I had a peacock fall in my bag. He pulls out a rubber chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't know. It's very campy and silly. Yeah, it's what's well, vaudeville. He was like a vaudeville, you know, guy. And so a lot of it's like slapstick and just sight gags and stuff like that. So which I think it works really well for this show mm-hmm. because that's essentially what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The review is basically vaudeville. Yeah. Yeah. So the traveling salesman leaves the stage at that point, and Sue and the MC sing a song together. Suddenly, Pecos Bill, traveling salesman, enters the stage with six shooters blazing and dialogue that leads to the singing of his signature song, Pecos Bill, which is also where the now-famous teeth-spitting scene takes place. Now, this isn't something that would go in a podcast because it's not... Audio. It's literally a visual gag. Yeah, but if you've ever seen it, it's very funny. He basically holds beans in his mouth and and spits them out as if they're his teeth falling out. Yeah, baby lima beans specifically. Baby lima beans, yes. So after a rousing version of the song Pecos Bill, sang by Sue, the tenor and Pecos himself, and lots of horseplay, they are joined by the dancing girls who perform a saucy can-can number. (laughs) (laughs) Uh huh. After the dance, the entire cast assembles for a final brief song and bow. They eat bow. No. Nice, dude. That's very cool. I like that. A little little fusion food. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Oh, no, gosh. a physical bow. No, all right. On September twenty third, nineteen sixty two, the cast performed its ten thousandth show on NBC's The Wonderful World of Disney, where they performed the show in its entirety and even adding in a few skits. This is for all the world to see. During the 1960s, the cast took the show on the road several times when Walt volunteered the show as entertainment for the John Tracy Clinic for the Hearing Impaired's annual fundraising bazaar. This was one of Walt's favorite charities and often made himself useful at the events by bussing tables. Wow. Can you imagine? I wonder, first of all, I wonder how long he was bussing tables. Is it like a like PR enough. stunt, like where he goes in and does five and then goes, Peace. you know, what waves? Did, did anyone take a picture? Yeah, and that's <laughs> it. Or uh, I feel like 
Part of me thinks no. Part of me thinks like, no, and it probably wasn't even a press thing because no. when what when have you ever seen a photo of Walt bussing tables at this event? Yeah, but you've seen Walt on his trains or you know in the park and that kind of stuff, but you've never seen him. You don't really see those kinds of things. Yeah, I don't think it was a PR stunt. I think he just wanted to do it. Yeah. The Golden Horseshoe Review's last show was on October 12th, 1986. On November 1st, 1986, a new show called The Golden Horseshoe Jamboree debuted. Now, this show opens with Sam the bartender having a crush on the show's star, Miss Lily. And in an attempt to get close to her, he auditions to be a part of the stage show. Miss Lily and her three dance hall girls are then joined by three dancing cowboys who love the girls and spend the number falling all over them. Wow. At this, Rude. <laughs> at this point, a wandering fiddler plays his way through the saloon in an audience participation number. My literal least favorite thing in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody now. <laughs> I'm drinking my soda. I can't sing. Uh, sorry. Yeah. And I like, I, I'm like a theater person and I just cannot stand that. Um, anyway, the girls and guys do a closing can-can number uh, that ends with Sam disguising himself as a female dancer in order to be in the show and be close to his Miss Lily. Wow. The Golden Horseshoe Jamboree was performed live five times a day and eventually closed in 1994. It never gained the popularity of its predecessor, unfortunately. Now, on December 22nd, 1944, <laughs> I don't know where I just went. <laughs> Remix. Yeah. yeah. On December 22nd, 1994, a new show began starring none other than Billy Hill and the Hillbillies. Yay. <laughs> now, this comic bluegrass band consisted of frontman Kirk Wall on rhythm guitar and fiddle, Dennis Fetchett on fiddle, mandolin guitar, and harmonica, John Marshall on bass and fiddle, and Mario Hildago on mandolin and fiddle. They were later joined by John's brother, Evan Marshall, on mandolin and fiddle. There's a, a lot, lot of fiddle. <laughs> a lot of fiddle. Yes. Well, also, I mean, Mario Hildago, Hildago does not sound like anybody that should be near a bluegrass band. Like It's just <laughs> it's like the weirdest name. It's like, okay, you're a ringer. You're a stand-in. It's a fake name. You're running from the law. I love it. Yeah. Would you mind playing clip number three? We had to work our way up. We began a long time ago, many years ago, doing a show out at Thunder Ranch. And it was all about racing pigs. It was called Pig Man. And we were the young hillbillies that raced those pigs. It was a good show. When that show closed, we moved out to Clear Country. We opened Splash Mountain before we made it into the Gold Horseshoe Saloon. And we're going to start off right now. We're going to do a medley of two great classics. We just call this Two Great Classics. Pulled this clip from a YouTube video and let this be a lesson to anybody who's trying to record these shows or anything. If you're not near the speaker or plugged into the soundboard, that's how your audio sounds. 
And it's never going to sound good. The band actually formed in 1992 and performed as a bluegrass street band in Critter Country and Frontierland until they were approached with the idea to perform a scripted version of their street show at the Golden Horseshoe. This show begins with Billy Hill and the three brothers, all named Billy, playing an intro song that includes It's a Small World. The show then introduces each brother one by one, starting with Billy Elvis, who sings a familiar song like I Want You to Want Me or Stayin' Alive, followed by brother Billy Mandolin, who launches into the Billy Tell Overture. Uh, But this is interrupted halfway through by the others who attempt to distract the crowd with their shenanigans. Next, Billy Fiddle is introduced as he plays the Orange Blossom Special, Mm. which ends with with, uh, his attempt to break his speed fiddling record. The show concludes with the grand finale, a comedic parody of Riverdance entitled Huddle Prance. (laughs) Good. I love everything about that. (laughs) Same. (laughs) So after a four-year stint at the Golden Horseshoe, the band was asked to relocate to Big Thunder Ranch Barbecue so that a new show called Woody's Roundup could hit the Golden Horseshoe stage. This new child-friendly show ran for eight months and featured characters from Toy Story. It didn't last, and Billy Hill and the Hillbillies were asked to come back. They stayed at the Golden Horseshoe until June 15, 2012, when they were moved again to Big Thunder Ranch stage. The band performed there until they were fired and performed their final show on January 6, 2014. Now, you can still catch them performing at Knott's Berry Farm under a new name, Crazy Kirk and the Hillbillies. Now, unlike the Golden Horseshoe Review and the following Jamboree, Billy Hill's band didn't perform every day. They had two days off, of course, which most people do. During these two days, another show was required, and longtime Disney performer had an idea. Dana Daniels started working at Disneyland in 1983, performing magic, juggling, and doing comedy on Main Street. He also worked two days a week at the Golden Horseshoe, performing as backup for Wally Bogue, playing Pecos Bill. Daniel's most popular gimmick was his psychic parrot routine. Please play clip number four. All right, we're going to need a gentleman from the audience. I need someone that has a little bit of cash on them, all right? Looking over here. here. Hi, and your name? Hi, Scott. Where are you from, Scott? Orange County. Oh, Orange County? Tustin. Tustin? Yeah, what do you do out there? I'm an attorney. An attorney. Okay, I'll take it easy. <laughs> well, we're gonna, Scott, we're going to have Luigi here read your mind. We're going to turn him around so we can't see you. Okay. I have an object here. I don't want the bird to see what it is. <laughs> Hold on to the item picture in your mind. Luigi, what does Scott have in his hand? Keys. That's right. <laughs> and they love it. Love it. You don't see acts like this in Vegas. <laughs> okay, you have to go to Laughlin. Huge slam on Laughlin out of nowhere. <laughs> Huge slam. So yeah, okay. Uh, just a little explainer. There's it's a live parrot, and this is actually from his his act at the uh, this specific one was from the act of the Magic Castle. So he does like the same sort of parrot act, but it is actually, you know, objectively funny. Uh, the parrot's on like a little perch. And, you know, when he says, I'm going to turn the parrot around so he can't see you and everyone laughs and he literally rotates the parrot. So the back is the parrot is to the, to the guy. Right. And then he takes his microphone. He goes, I'm going to, you know, I have an object. I don't want the parrot to seem like that banging sound in these big iron keys. And he's like thumping the, the microphone against the keys or whatever. 
And so the joke is that it's not really a psychic pair because it's like someone on back uh, backstage leaning into another microphone saying keys, and it's really not the pair. And it's like that's the joke. Yeah, but it is. I mean, it's pretty funny. So oh, no, he, I definitely laughed out loud over here. You got to see it. <laughs> so he came up with this um, this routine, and he was so proud of the act that in 1994, when he heard that Disneyland would be ending the Golden Horseshoe Jamboree, he approached Disney with the idea that he would be perform a one-man act on the two days that Billy Hill and the Hillbillies were not running. Disney agreed, and Daniels wrote the show himself, and with the help of a pianist and his loyal psychic parrot, Luigi, (laughs) the Golden Horseshoe Variety Show was born. This show begins with a piano player warming up the audience with lively music, who's interrupted by the saloon janitor who informs him that the entire cast of the variety show is missing. Realizing that the missing performance need to be replaced, the janitor agrees to fill in for all the missing acts. The janitor now goes backstage and proceeds to disguise himself as the various missing acts. Among them are Hillbilly Juggler, a balloon performer, and Waldo the Magician. The big finish comes when he brings out Luigi the Psychic Parrot. This show was temporarily canceled in 1999 to also make way for Woody's Roundup, but returned <laughs> upon that show's ending. Man, Toy Story is just wrecking careers dude yeah it is jeez (laughs) and it wasn't good it was only for eight months yeah and it was not successful (laughs) clearly so they brought it back again yeah no they didn't bring it back again this was the same time period oh same time period oh right 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 because we used the two day off got it okay so in 2012 when billy hill and the hillbillies were asked to move back to big thunder ranch disneyland spent some time celebrating the history of the golden horseshoe by having a two-month run of a salute to the golden horseshoe review which featured songs and dance numbers from the original Horseshoe Review. And after this short run, the Laughing Stock Company took over the main stage. The Laughing Stock Company show at the Golden Horseshoe showcased wacky Wild West-themed improv- improvisational comedy. <laughs> Can yeah, you imagine cowboy improv? improv? Yeah. No, I don't want to do it. So the comedy- I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah. Basically. Yeah. All right, you're a horse. Okay, give me a situation. <laughs> and then give me a purse. I'm a person. Where am I from? Yeah. Um, the comedy troupe featured Mayor Sam J. McGillicuddy, his daughter Sally May, played by a man, and Sheriff Clem Clodhopper, who engaged in side-splitting shenanigans. Uh, number five, please. I may have said something about the two you get married. I think you make a great couple. I'm not going to marry your daughter. Well, don't do this. You give me one good reason why you're not going to marry Come out scared, she came out with a job. If she was a Sesame Street character, her name would be Unmo. She goes into a pool and the water jumps out. An owl sees her, doesn't go woo hoo, and goes, What? What? When she was born, the doctor slapped him. Damn. That was like a lit balloon, that one. It really did. I don't know if you can hear some of those, but the the Haunted Mansion one was was pretty funny. That's she, a good joke. She went to the Haunted Mansion. She didn't come out scared. She came out with a job. <laughs> I love that. Like, damn, Things dude. that would not fly today. Oh, no. no. Can you imagine? When the owl sees her, it doesn't go hoo-hoo. It goes, what, what? Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> Lord, dude. And then it goes on. Like, there's there's oh, yeah. way, way more. <laughs> these, you know, uh, middle school jokes. Well, and what's funny is that's not what upset people. 
In 2015, the character of Sally Mae McGillicuddy was discontinued due to complaints by guests that a man was playing the role of a girl. Yeah, and? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, the character, I just feel like why, like that's what you're mad about. You're not mad that he's making all these jokes, like, but you're mad that he's being played by a girl? Yeah, I mean. But also, I mean, like, it's, it's okay that it's a man because clearly she's she's supposed to be coming across as very ugly i feel right. like it's better that she's being played as a man than as a right. woman like that's yeah. that's an ugly woman that's like, right that could have been that's the whole setup for the jokes if it was being played by a woman then that would be rude but it, that would but be hurtful the character yeah, is yeah. being exactly. played by a man and then it, so therefore it's funny yeah i don't know this is just one people, of those people don't understand comedy that's why there's so much bad tvs people go oh man i, I love this you know show about this doctor who has two left feet and it's overly dramatic. I love it. It's on for a hundred seasons, and I want a hundred hours of it every day, piped directly into my cortex. That'd be fun. The character was replaced with female lead named Miss Rose, whose storyline closely resembled Slewfoot Sue and Miss Lily's before her, being the owner of the Golden Horseshoe. The Laughing Stock Company show ran until September fifteenth, two thousand nineteen, when it, along with a couple of musical acts in DCA, were discontinued supposedly due to the low park attendance because of Star Wars land, if we can remember back that far. <laughs> right. On July 26th, 2021, the Golden Horseshoe Restaurant officially reopened to the public after being closed due to COVID. But uh, the stage show has not yet returned. I feel like you can loosely call that a restaurant. <laughs> I mean, they have food there. Well, you're, you're not wrong, but it's just like, here's warm mac and cheese and some chicken nuggets. And some chicken nuggets. Well, wait a second. Did I just say restaurant? That's what I had written. Oh. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, one Our thing- comedy timing is amazing. It's great. Uh, no. Anyway. Uh, one thing I had yet to, amen- to mention is that aside from being a fun stage show, the Golden Horseshoe is also a 309-seat, two-story, air-conditioned, counter-service restaurant. To say it's not a restaurant is a little untrue. I mean, it's a huge sure. place. Well, it's a joke. No, I, yeah. You can get food at the restaurant during or between shows, and while the offerings have changed over the years, there are some staples that you can always expect, like chicken tenders, fish and chips, and a variety of ice cream sundaes and floats. As an aside, the names of the foods currently available at the Golden Horseshoe all allude to Toy Story characters. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Which leads me to wonder if they may be working on another Toy Story themed show for the future. I oh, hope so. Hope. I really do. Because that's God. exactly what we need is just this mix of timelines. Well, why else would they be named after? Like like right now on the Disneyland website, they're all named after Toy Story stuff. Because I feel like where else can you put something like that? Because you you need to have your IP sort of spread throughout the area. So maybe you can you have you know, Buzz stuff in Tomorrowland. But you don't have any of the other characters, and where else was Woody going to be but Frontierland? Sure. But then that also is like, you know, what timeline are we on? Well, and it doesn't make sense unless you're going to do a, a Woody show. Like, like it potentially, be, yeah. Prior to this, they weren't named. After I was going to say I don't think they were before. No, no this is. New. I've ordered those chicken tenders, sadly, in the past, and they were not. <laughs> they were not. Um, whatever Good. that movie's called. <laughs> Yeah. Themed. Toy Story? Toy Story themed. Okay. Sorry, my <laughs> yeah. brain just broke. It's all right. <laughs> I just, bleh. Um, okay. Also, uh, I highly recommend not eating the fish and chips from there. Ah. Highly. Not recommend. good? 
not doing that. No, no. So go for the Sunday. <laughs> yeah, go for the Sunday. And if, they have co- they have coffee. If, and that's if, always lovely. If Gibson Girl is too busy, pop over for a nice Sundarino. Yeah, you can't screw up ice cream that bad. You can, but <laughs> um, you know, you can knock it on the floor. I guess. And well, that's about it. No, Bev can knock it on the floor. That's true. No, but then I would eat it. Did, <laughs> well, that's true. Did we? Didn't we go to that review in 2012? We did. Yeah. But when they when they came back. Yeah, when they came back. Yeah, it was an annual pass holder um, event. That's back when we were cool. Before we even had the pod. Well, and they gave us um, a cookie. I think it was a yeah, it was a, a cookie with a yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. a photo of Walt and Lillian from mm-hmm. their um their anniversary, their anniversary yeah. party and a CD. It's like yes. they reprinted the CD or whatever. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. And a shoe, a shoe that was filled with drink. I have both of them upstairs. A shoe that was filled with drink. Okay, that sounds fun. Uh, yeah, like a boot. Nice. Yeah. All right. It was cool. Uh, the Golden Horseshoe is a Disneyland staple. It's an original attraction and restaurant that can easily be overlooked, but it's full of history and Walt's touch. He loved watching the shows, and his favorite spot was the upstairs balcony to the right when looking at the stage. Over the years, there have been many other acts that have blessed the Golden Horseshoe stage, such as the Firehouse Five Plus Two, the Dapper Dans, the Osmond Brothers, the Mickey Mouse Club, Zorro, and even Julie Andrews herself sung on the stage to promote Mary Poppins. Much like great moments with Mr. Lincoln or the canoes, the Golden Horseshoe is often overlooked. But next time you're wandering the park, pop in and take a look at some of the artistic details, grab a sundae, and for now... Imagine the dancers on the stage doing the can-can. <laughs> I remember seeing that and going like, wow, this is racy. Even though they're just like bloomers. I was like, yeah. we're in Disneyland right now. This is, uh, you know, what is this, Ralph Brennan? <laughs> Come on now. It's definitely, a, it's definitely a bit of a racy show. Well, the original show was. I think they right. kind of got tamed down in the 80s. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, when they did the thing. Um, yeah, you know, just uh, as an aside by... Really, by chance, I was reading a little bit about Wally Bogue, and uh, you know how they always have the the gunfight out in front of the the saloon. Yeah, he actually started doing that. He was like having fun. He he said it, there was like a, an Indian, I imagine a Native American uh, man on staff who like showed him some tricks with the six shooter, and okay. he's like, before I've never really worked with this with a gun like this before. I have no idea what's going on. So he like taught me some stuff, and I thought, wouldn't it be great to go out and just do some some like tricks and stumbles and you know do some some prop comedy yeah and so he started like whenever they felt like it they would just do this gunfight out in front of the of the golden horseshoe that's so funny yeah and it was it was impromptu whenever they had time or whenever they feel like i said whenever they felt like it and he was um when he was still learning the gun it was filled with blanks, right? Sure. And so they're just it's like a little black powder charge. So it makes a bang and has smoke, but obviously there's no projectile. And uh, he was saying that he would discharge his gun early often because he was like still getting used to it. So he'd like try to be pulling his gun from his holster. He would fire it and he would blow the pant leg off of his leg off. You know, he, he would blow his pants apart. Oh my God. That's because it's still like close. Though. Yeah, but he didn't mean to do it. <laughs> So after every time he did that, he would have to run and get a tetanus shot, supposedly, and then go to wardrobe and like replace his thing. So um, you're probably so annoyed. Yeah. His nickname <laughs> for a while was like the tetanus kid. It's <laughs> like thing. But uh, everyone loved the gunfight so much. And he's like, one time I'm getting ready for it. And someone I've never met comes by and goes, OK, you're scheduled for a gunfight at 120 and 430. And he's like, I never did another one after that. 
because they made me schedule that it became a thing. It wasn't fun yeah. anymore. It wasn't me just horsing around. Now it was a thing. So I said, no, I'm not going to do this. And they hired like actual actors to go and do this. And they did like eight gunfights a day and whatever. But he actually, you know, it was Walt's idea for that stage show, but he crafted a lot of the jokes. He created the Pecos Bill character just out of nothing. Oh yeah. He wrote the whole show with yeah. Don um, Novit. Yeah. yeah. And and then and Walt was uh, like you said, he was like hiring him out for stuff, but he also had him like host a radio show, do writing for other movies. Like Wally Bogue was really, integral for a lot of those uh you know little creative fun roles so it's interesting yeah he's done a lot he's done a lot for that part it's big yeah good job taryn thanks all right that's an appropriate spot to take a break we're going to be right back we have some disney news to cover and then we're going to be out of here so stay with us we'll be right back it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now, back to the show that's more fun than waiting in line for Peter Pan on a hot August Anaheim day. Ears up. That's right, everybody. It's more fun than doing that. Maybe. Maybe not. Not if you're Bev. (laughs) I am a glutton for punishment. (laughs) You really are. Well, you should be a glutton for news because we have a few, a few, a few, a little bit of Disney news to cover, guys, and I'm really excited about it because... There is sort of kind of a lot going on. Right. I, I, I get that sense. In the past, present, There's a lot going on. With all the news that's fit to cover, it's the Ears Up Disney News. That's right. Disneyland. Sorry. <laughs> Disneyland plans a year-round holiday shop for Main Street USA, guys. <sighs> year-round. This is something that we need. I'm so happy about this. Then, I don't understand this because you can literally buy ornaments year round at any store. <laughs> That's very true. But apparently uh, this is, goes above and beyond. They had one of those at Disney World, by the way. Of course. Oh, yes. Yeah. I think we went in there, Tara. I totally did. Yeah. I mean, look, I like looking at Christmas stuff, but you not did. in June. Like, I'll look at it, but I'm not going to buy it. I just, I, I don't know. It feels, it feels too weird to me. Uh, Disney fans who love Christmas time at the Anaheim theme park will be able to get their dose of garland ornaments and nutcrackers 365 days a year. Once a, a new year round holiday shop opens on main street, the new Plaza point store will take over from the former main street photo supply company location on Disneyland's entree promenade. I know I said entree, but uh, you know, main street photo supply is like where you used to go to like, Get your photos printed up or whatever, but now you don't need to do that, I guess. It'll sell Christmas merchandise year-round with Halloween and Lunar New Year overlays, along with Easter, Hanukkah, spring, and fall seasonal decor. It'll feature ornament, housewares, linens, and holiday accessories. Okay, so when it said, like, a holiday shop, I'm like, okay, we can't say Christmas, because, but apparently they're just doing every holiday. That's cool. That's cool, man. I mean... You know, give me some Easter stuff, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I'll take it all. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think we would do like a Hanukkah stuff, but you know, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's supposed to be open on uh, October or by October 16th. Okay. So, oh, so Bev will get to like see it. Soon. I'll see it. <gasps> I'm so jealous. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. Maybe you're going to get to this, but they, there was a video that they, that they put out of them like creating decor for the place. Oh, that's cool. I have not seen it. Oh, you haven't. Oh. Um, yeah. And the decor looks amazing. I love all of it. It's like kind of old antique looking stuff. And it was a little unclear on the video if that was just like the stuff that they're going to put up on the shelf in the store or if that's stuff that oh, they're going right. to sell. Right, right. Like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I really, like ambiance stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. And I really hope they're going to sell it, but it was, I'm not sure. I kind of feel that's, like it's a bait and switch. That's almost the worst, man. When you go into shops that have cooler stuff that's not for sale up in the rafters than they do have for sale. Like I've been there before, and I think Disneyland has some shops like that. We're like, oh, oh yeah. that thing is really cool. Yeah, but you can't buy it. It's like the owner's thing. You're like, oh. Like everything yeah. cool. in the in the Nightmare Before Christmas store. Yeah, dude. Everything up on the shelves I want. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know, really right? want the stupid jewelry. Yeah. A lot of stuff at Universal was the same way, like in, specifically in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yes. that's sick. Yeah. Not for sale. Absolutely. No, but it just <laughs> looks cool. I was like, oh, great. I love it very much. Yeah. Um, speaking of cool things I love very much, the Muppets Haunted Mansion special is hitting Disney Plus tomorrow, <gasps> Friday, October 8th at 12 in the morning. So tonight we're staying up, Taryn. <laughs> Got a few more hours okay. watching Muppets Haunted Mansion. <laughs> I think I'll just wait tomorrow. The Muppets Haunted Mansion trailer gives us a look at Kermit dressing his best with Miss Piggy while Scooter plays uh, pays tribute to Elvis. We also see Gonzo and Pepe the King Prawn braving the ride's infamous corridor of doors, plus various cameos from celebrity guest stars. <sighs> yeah. Oh, who are the guest stars? Oh no, it's just well because Kim Irvine's in it. I was gonna make a oh. I was gonna make a do a huge slam on her, but I didn't do it. Well, you don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble, no. That <laughs> nice lady. She's so nice. I don't know why you're mean to her. I mean, I think she's nice. I don't know. She's probably very kind. I'm sure she's a lovely person. She just and doesn't I would, have any taste. And I would love to interview she her. She might be colorblind. <laughs> she might be. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if like she can't see like crisp colors? Everything is just in pastel. <laughs> Yes, or, or or her color perception. She has cataracts, and her color perceptions just totally skewed. Like there's just like a filter over it. I had a boss who you know said he was colorblind. It's like you know red and green colorblind, I think, or something like that. I'm like, but mm-hmm. whatever you think is this color, then you know it. Like you know the shade, so you know that that's the red, right? So I don't. What does it matter? And he he was always offended by that, and I never understood why. In 2019, Disney saw more than 18 million guests walk through its gates. 2020 was poised to be another big year, but then COVID hit and the gates to the happiest place on earth were forced to close. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Things are changing and visitation to Disneyland is once again seeing a sharp increase. According to a report from some uh, Orange County Register, I think is what it is. Disneyland attendance was just below 25% compared to 2019 levels when the park reopened on April 30th. Disneyland attendance climbed to approximately 35% compared to 2019 levels by early June and more than 60% on June 15th. In July, Disneyland's daily attendance topped 75%. 
Disneyland attendance growth slowed slightly in early August, part uh, to rising COVID-19 cases, but continued to rise in late summer after the brief downtick, according to the report. By late August, Disneyland attendance climbed to nearly 85% of 2019 levels. So things are just, they're still slow, but they're, they're, they're coming back. So I'm, con- are, are parks at a hundred percent then? Like they can, I guess they don't know. The parks aren't saying this, this, this report is saying while it is unknown if Disneyland and DCA are close to operating at full capacity, guests are noticing the increase in crowds as reservations uh, for stuff are uh, hard to get. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and there's like photos and it's just things are just basically back to normal. It feels like, hmm. I mean, because even at eighty five percent of two thousand nineteen capacity, it's that's still a lot of day. that's a lot of people, dude. It's a lot yeah. of people. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, frustration over the new Magic Key Pass at Disneyland is mounting as annual pass holders are reportedly unable to reserve their place in the park weeks, even months out. And uh, Terrence, as I mentioned, I think before, yeah, it was during the show, uh, Terrence's aunt and uncle were going to Disneyland. Uh, they're there now, actually. They could they could only get Disneyland. They could not get DCA tomorrow or Friday. And they couldn't get anything Saturday. They couldn't get anything Saturday. Wow. Nothing. Crazy. That's what it is, man. It's just, that's, you know, raise the prices, make it harder to get into, and you're not going to have a single problem selling tickets. Yeah. As the Orange County Register reported Monday, reservations for Magic Key pass holders are, quote, completely booked for weeks at a time, as well as the next seven weekends, stretching all the way through to Thanksgiving. The Magic Key Pass was launched in August as a replacement for its annual pass, the key difference being that Magic Key holders have to reserve tickets before getting in. But as Disney enthusiasts schedule future trips to the park and Disney's California Adventure, especially close to Thanksgiving and Christmas, they're finding it near impossible to book spots at all. Even those spots for regular ticket holders are largely wide open. Apparently, not this weekend for some reason. This applies even to those who have paid extra for the Dream Key, which promises fewer blackout days than the budget $399 plan. As of Thursday afternoon, all days in November and most in October are available for purchase for non-Magic Key holders. Yeah, I I looked, look, when I... I bought my tickets yesterday or my tickets were purchased yesterday and it looked like the whole calendar was available to me. Yeah. Cause you're a regular. Yeah. It's so I funny. Out $700. Yeah. It's wild, man. I mean, it's, um, yeah, this is a, I saw a meme. Um, and just, just a picture of Bob Iger sitting like laid back in a, in a chair and it just says, miss me. <laughs> Question mark. No, the answer is no, not at all. Well, this didn't happen yeah. when he was here. <laughs> yeah, but things things were still terrible. I don't. I didn't like Bob Iger. I don't like really? the Iger. Yeah, mainly because of like the Star Wars and Marvel damage that he did. I just don't. Uh, you know, he just basically soaked a rag in the blood of Star Wars fans and rang it out until there was none left. I'm not being dramatic. That's what happened, no, he guys. Did do that. Yeah, I was at a um, Comic Con that no one talks about anymore. Yeah, but that's, I mean, okay, that's one IP that he certainly violated, but. <laughs> yeah. But as far as like day to day operations, I'm going to say I'm, I miss him a little bit. I don't yeah. know, but I mean, what, I mean, that's a, that's like a larger question because what, what did he do that Chapek no, isn't well, doing? 
Like we don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Right. I'm just assuming this is JPEG and. Yeah. But again, man, you know, I will go to bat for JPEG a little bit because it's like, we don't know that this was his idea. I mean, he signed off on it, but it also sounds like just sort of the thing that they need to do because part of the problem was there are too many people at Disneyland all the time. There's just too many people. So you reduce the amount of people that are going to get there. Well, that means reservations system is probably the only way to do it. And then they're going to sell out. I mean, that's just what it is. So do do we want to go to Disney whenever we want, or do we want less people when we go? And I think that's the the struggle of being a, a, a Disneyland fan. It's like, what's, there's no right answer. The right answer is whatever's not happening. Well, yeah. but, what, but this situation that they are in is not okay. Like for annual pass holders i'm gonna call them because i don't know what they're called yeah for them to not be able for them to not be able to go when they're paying for this is it's not cool no it's not (laughs) and it's uh you know the uh the dream key is 13.99 a year and they don't absolutely not and people can't go and it's like (laughs) that would really upset me but i think you know i don't know man it's uh that would that would bug me but also serves you right from buying this pat i don't know man whatever it's it is what it is speaking of is what it is oh is this just a video and it's not actually the story oh stupid well apparently it hailed uh in anaheim yesterday there's been a lot or no on the fourth three days ago there's been a lot of like lightning and and rain it hailed really hail yeah that's crazy to me I love a good hailstorm, man. You know, like in the South or whatever, they get hail like the size of golf balls. And that'll like, Uh you know, dent your car. We don't have that. We're like just little delicate pellets of like, oh, is someone raining kosher salt on us? That's cute. Salt Bay (laughs) is up in the clouds sprinkling us and it's fun. Have you seen those like, they're like the size of like a softball Mm -hmm. in some states? Like, yeah. Doesn't that just destroy cars? Yes, it does. Like I like there are videos of it just crushing windows, like windshields fr- and stuff like that. Yeah. Jeez. My friend had to have a whole like a bunch of work done on her house. She lives in Texas. She lives in San Antonio and they had a huge hailstorm and she sent me a picture and it's like it looked like a baseball. It was as Jeez. big as her whole hand and like the whole like the side of her house had a bunch of damage in like her roof. Oh man. Damn, dude. Apparently, there's a new uh, pilot program in Disneyland aimed at reducing food waste. Millions of hungry guests visit Disneyland Resort each year, and the park is now testing out a new initiative to help the resort become more environmentally friendly. Quote, we're asking guests to sort their food waste if they don't finish it, said Lotus Thai, environmental integration manager at the resort. That has got to be a fake name. <laughs> I think it's a cool name. It's a rad name, but it, that's, a, that's a comic book character name. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Lotus tie. Mm-hmm. What's your superpower, Lotus? I wonder if that's a girl or a guy. That's a good question. Sounds like a restaurant. Yeah. I've eaten there before. It sounds really good. There are three receptacles at Galactic Grill in Tomorrowland. One for trash, one for food, and a third divided into compartments for mixed recycling and liquids. Uh, quote, I usually just dump everything in, but my kids were napping, so I had a few extra minutes, said Mari Fergahali. <laughs> Again. Uh, who was visiting. Did I say Mari? Probably Marie. That would how a normal human with a human brain would have folds in it would pronounce that name. Yeah. Probably. Uh, who was awesome. visiting her family from Madondo Beach for her daughter's birthday. 
Fergali explained that she recycles the basics at home and applauds Disney's efforts. There's so much consumption of food and plastic and packaging, so I feel like at a place like this, it would really make a difference if even a small number of people did it, she said. But not at home in my neighborhood. I refuse to do this. I'm now going to never do this again. There are, there are close to 100 places to eat at Disneyland Resort, and for the past decades, workers have been sorting food waste behind the scenes. With the majority of that waste coming from food prep. Quote, we pride ourselves on a lot of the work that we do behind the scenes, but we also want our guests to take a moment and participate in that and help us get to that zero waste goal. I guess I don't understand how it's zero waste if it's still going into the waste bin. Like you're still wasting food. It's zero. Um, it's oh, oh, food like waste. Environmentally. Not going into landfills. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's eventually converted into graham cracker-like crumbs, which supplemental animal feed uh, for farmers all across the country. I mean, that's cool. Um, Disney, yeah, says it diverts about 5 million pounds of food waste from landfills each year. Neat. That's good. That's cool. Yeah, love it. Um, And then apparently there's a story that Disneyland will not require proof of vaccination to enter the parks. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought they were going to go that route. That's what I thought, too. Apparently not. Because other parks are, aren't they? Yeah, Universal is. But they're fighting it. They have to because of an uh, Oh, because they're in County LA mandate. County. That's right. Yes. Orange County won't ever get that mandate. Because they're, uh, they're red. Universal is like, we're complying, but we don't want to do it. happy about this. <laughs> well, and I forget who I was talking to, but they were at some place that's, you know, supposed to require proof of vaccination to enter and like nobody checks. So it's one mm-hmm. of those things where it's like, you're supposed to have it, but you're, no one's checking. So what does it matter? Interesting. I don't know. Anyway, that's it. That's all I got for you guys. Good stuff. Okay. What do you think of that? I think it's great. Thanks. All right, Taryn. Well, good job, dude. Thanks. Yeah. Well, uh, what was it? The history of the Haunted Mansion? Yep. Yep. Love that ride. Um, Golden Horseshoe, everybody. And then you know what? If you do have a chance, if you haven't done it yet, which I'd be sort of surprised, go look at some of those old, uh, you know, YouTube videos of like Wally Bogue and, and the old performances. It's, it's something, man. I mean, yeah. when he says like he was doing high kicks, those things are like, as a 40 year old man, he's kicking above his head, standing straight up on one leg. Yeah. That is hard. I, I can't even do it. And I'm super, what am I doing? And I'm super, uh, strong. Yeah, I mean, his audition, he was 34. Yeah, 34, dude. And he, he did that for another 27 years. That's and insane. And I mean, what? You're only like yeah. 34 and a half and very limber. So. <laughs> Me? I'm eight years old, dude. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I've never been I've never Duh. been two-digit age in my entire life. Um, yeah, anyway, check him out. It's uh, It was really cool. Uh, all right, fact of the show, everybody. All the doors on these storybook land houses actually open and close. Obviously, so cast members can change the tiny lights and do general maintenance and cleaning. Something I never really thought about. I mean, you got yeah. ducks over there pooping on stuff and hanging out and stuff. Yeah. I didn't really realize that there are lights in there that yeah. you need to change or whatever. So everything opens. It's like a fully functioning thing. That's so funny. I would have assumed they would have like made the roofs able to come off. Or Just something. pop off the roof or whatever. Yeah. yeah I mean, who <laughs> it knows? It's a little easier, but yeah, but it's Disney. What are you going to do? Cool. You know Good what I mean? Them. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have to like lay on your stomach and like hitch your body in there. And <laughs> I would love to do that. I, w- I would love for that to be my job. Um, all right. We're going to get out of here, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. And don't forget to ask for the 21st Amendment beers wherever you find good craft beer, like in and around uh, basically wherever you're at. 
I mean, wherever you're at. Our next show is going to be the returns, Bev's favorite show of the year, the return of the Ears Up Spooky Stories. So where we write uh, spooky stories. I love that show. I love it too. I can't, so I can't make it to that show. I'm sick. Yes. <laughs> B. You yes. do so good. You, you really hate, do. I hate it. You I hate know. it every year, and then you do really well. Hated it. <laughs> I will help you. Anybody will help you. People will help you, but I think it's fun, and we're all, we're gonna do it until perpetuity, until that we've run out of history shows to do. So then every show will just be us making up stories. Ah, that's when I leave the show. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and uh, until next time, we'll see you in the parks. <laughs>